Welcome to the Hidden Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about getting in the zone. Today, we're going to talk about how to find your mental zone when preparing for a talk, a big meeting, event, anything meaningful that requires a good headspace. We're going to unpack the practical things that you can do to help stifle procrastination and writer's block. And we're also going to learn some tips and tricks that will help you on the day of whatever it is that you're preparing for. At the end, we're going to give three takeaways to be able to help directly apply what we talk about today in your own leadership. And every single week, we come out with new content to be able to help you tap in to your hidden potential by equipping you with mental and practical tools that you're able to use within your organization. Let's get started with a big thought, and that is procrastination is one of the most damaging traits to have because it not only stains your presentation, but it builds up so much anxiety for the moment that you were supposed to actually be excited about. Instead of being able to appreciate this privilege of having this responsibility, you instead feel like this imposter who isn't really ready for the task. See, people don't typically put off preparation because they don't care about it. It's actually the fact that they care so much about it that they they need to they feel like they need to prepare for what they feel overwhelmed and stuck to the point where they feel like they aren't ready enough in the single moments of preparing for something so significant, something so meaningful. So they end up putting it off for the next day. Hopefully, they think that they will be more in the zone and ready for this big task. But that in the zone moment doesn't normally happen. So it gets to the point of being the day before and they have to prepare something because they simply have to. It's the last day. And luckily, the mix of adrenaline and the understanding that there is no other option gives them the grit to get what they need done and throw something together. And it ends up usually being decent enough for the event. Not maybe extraordinary, not great, not amazing, but it's decent. It gets by. And it doesn't have to be like this. We all just have to learn how to get into the zone when it comes to this when it comes to mental readiness and preparation so many people have this amazing potential to present something that is amazing and it stands out it's unique just only you could do something like this but you have to learn how to prepare ahead of time you don't have to let anxiety and pressure be your only motivation to throw something together and hope that it all works out so that being said, let's get started with our first point, and that is just start and wait. Not the other way around. Don't wait to start. You have to start and then wait. What I mean by that is that the most important thing to start with is the simple, the simple fact of starting itself. Once you are given an assignment, choose a day to start preparing and follow through with it. Give yourself enough space between the event and your prep day to have a reasonable amount of grace and time to have an additional day to catch up just in case. So as an example, if say you're gonna you got asked to speak at something or lead something two weeks from now, you want to have uh, I would suggest having that done a week before and choosing a, a 
uh, choosing a day for you to start and maybe you need two, three days to get it, to get it fully done. You want to give yourself enough time to really be able to have this ready to go with, uh, with enough space in between to where if you need an extra catch up day, you got it. Maybe you have a weekly, uh, assignments for like as an example for me I create a message every single week for church every Sunday I need to have that done that's a very important part of the message uh, a part of the service and so I will get I will prepare my stuff ahead of time to where uh, it's change over the years it used to be Monday it used to be Wednesday sometimes it's a Friday but I want to have a, a Wednesday is usually a good sweet spot to where if I have everything done by Wednesday I still have couple days in case I need to change something or do something. Even when I push it off to Friday, no later than Friday. Back in the day, I was, I was, it would end up falling on Saturday. No bueno to have it done Saturday where it's ready the night before. Not good. But Friday would sometimes work for me because I, I had the grace where if I need, I, for me, it takes one day to prepare that message. If I needed another day, I knew that I could, uh, Saturday was good. But Wednesday is kind of that sweet spot, you know, where I have a, enough confidence, a good, a good time to, to do anything else I need to do for it to where I have enough grace to feel good and confident about the time in between. That's what I mean by that. Once you actually sit down for that day, you choose your day, you sit down for that day, don't worry if you don't think of anything at first. Understand that it may take an, even up to an hour or more to really get your direction going, to help you get in the mood. See, a lot of times people will sit down, not think of anything for 10 minutes, and then give up thinking, well, I'm just not inspired right now. Maybe I'll be more inspired tomorrow. And so it they end up running that same roadblock, that same mental block over and over all the way up to the day before. Again, day before, no bueno. We don't want to do that. And so uh, just sit there and know that it may take a while for you to get inspired or creative, but you have to be determined to sit there until it happens. And I'm, I can almost assure you, I can guarantee you that after some time, it'll come to you. Just don't, you have to give yourself more than 10 minutes, more than 30 minutes. Give yourself, if it takes an hour, it takes an hour. If it takes longer, just you set that day to do what you got to do. During that time, don't distract yourself by scrolling or doing anything not related to what you need to do. You want to stay focused. You need to stay focused. So it helps to start, it may help you to start chipping away at things that may not require as much creativity or inspiration. Just try to chip away at this, this content that you have to create. For example, maybe you don't know exactly what you need to, uh, exactly what you want to say or what you want to build. But try build, and if you don't have all the content, try building the outline for that content. And then you can start filling in what you do know. For example, you have no idea what to talk about or how to get started. List out your title, literally the word title, the word introduction, and just lay it down on your sheet of paper or lay it down on your on your uh, document and with title, introduction, point one, point two, point three, closing summary, call to action, and you can now visualize what you got to fill in. And see, maybe you know what the call to action is. Maybe you know what you want them to do at the end, and you can fill that part in. Hey, you just got you just got 20% of it done by filling in that one part. Or maybe you know what you want one point to be about. You know that you just want to say something specific within the message, and you don't know maybe what the other part is, but you know that you want to say this one point. 
you can fill that in. Now, oh, you just got another percentage done. And you can start building that out. And maybe you know the title, but it, and you're, that you can use that to start building your introduction. And you see how after a minute, things start to flow and it starts to kind of, all the creative processes start to work together. It helps to break up your assignment into parts like this because it helps you to funnel your attention and your focus onto one part at a time rather than feeling overwhelmed and all over the place by trying to think, eat it all at once. <laughs> What's that classic saying that you, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time? So it is with building this kind of content. Today's episode is brought to you by Gravetop Designs online store. Visit gravetopdesigns.com forward slash shop to find custom made Christian clothing that's edgy and actually looks good. I crafted all of the designs myself, so I'd love to hear your feedback and tell me what you think. Share your next purchase on Instagram and tag Gravetop Designs for a chance to get 10% off your next order. Shop today, help support this channel. Again, that's gravetopdesigns.com forward slash shop now let's go into number two and that is catch the vibe you want to catch the vibe you want to get in the mood and people we as people are sensual beings and nearly everything affects our mood and our train of thought and even our creativity when you become conscious of that you realize that you're able to somewhat build your capacity to hold inspiration while at the same time minimizing your distractions. You can use things like music, lighting, beverages, snacks, exercise, pacing, standing, silence, sitting, and other creative building methods to help get you in the mood, to get you in the zone of creating content. Uh, I'll give some uh, personal examples for me. Right now, I, I, I usually like to have a cup of coffee. That's always something I have nearby. And I've gotten specific to where I have to have black coffee. If I have any type of creamer in my coffee when I'm creating content, it, it distracts me and it, it changes the, the taste in my mouth to where I feel distracted by this like milk, milky feeling in my mouth. It's like that specific. For right now, I like using uh, having like kind of a hip hop instrumental beat in the background, but that even changes from time to time. Sometimes I like a worship instrumental background. Sometimes I'll, I'll even find like a, like a retro Nintendo um, personally, uh, uh, like specifically created con uh, beat that I like to just be in the background. It's like I, I can go through these seasons where I, I need a vibe check. Uh, some other things for me, in the past, I would need like a coffee and a Topo Chico. Now, just having those, that mixture would help kind of en engage my my creativity in a mental way. Um, there's times where I need to just sit down. And there's other times where I need to stand up and pace. For me, I've come to a place where I realize that I need a dark room. I like being in, <laughs> in the darkness and it helps me to submerge myself in the content that I'm creating. If I'm in a bright room, I feel like I'm easily distracted and it's hard for me to focus. Um, uh, as far as like outside of the area of actually creating content, even for me, I realize that if I'm not exercising regularly, I don't feel as sharp. So that's something I do outside of the day to where if I don't have a regular exercise routine, I feel stuck the day of. What I do outside helps what I build inside. And then there's also this kind of like pre-prep work I do, when, especially when I'm doing like a spiritual message. 
I I feel like I have to go have like devotion time and read through scripture before I ever start preparing. I, I, I like to have either a prayer time or journal entry and, and worship. I, I have to have some pre-spiritual exercises before I even get started on preparing the actual content. So visualize what that is for you and make it make it real, make it serious. I, I cannot have like my kids in the room. I have to separate myself and be totally focused. I used to think that I could just sit down on the couch and I could get some content done while the kids are all running around, but I am a lot better at doing it, a lot more effective when I go isolated in a room. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Again, find out what it is for you and start implementing it and being conscious of uh, of your vibe. Find what works best and be ready to adapt for your taste to change over time. What works today might be different from a year from now. What uh, And that is why you have to pay attention and be conscious of how certain things affect you and your mood. Now let's talk about one final thing and that is don't mess up. <laughs> don't mess up. The most deflating thing to experience is to actually go through good preparation, to be excited about what you have to share, but have something go unexpectedly wrong and make you feel like it just all got messed up and it was out of your control. See, whether it's your slides closing out unexpectedly, your laptop breaking, or your notes getting destroyed or misplaced, or maybe a major typo in your notes that you didn't realize before and it throws off your whole train of thought, or your mic not working properly, traffic making you late, getting into a fight with your spouse right before, or you skipping a whole point because you got lost following through your notes. Things happen and you simply don't know what you don't know until after it happens. And for me, I'm going to, uh, I've experienced all kinds of things that just mess things up in the, the presentation, in the talk, in the message. And so I'm going to give you five tips that will help you to stay in the zone during the actual delivery of what you have to share. Number one, review your notes beforehand or even do a run through. Um, as an example for me, like Church Sunday, I do a full run through of my entire message as as I'm uh, actually sharing it to a crowd. And I do a whole run through and it really helps me to to, to know exactly what I'm doing the day of in person. And if maybe not a full run through for you, do review your notes beforehand, even uh, audibly say out your notes um, and just get them in your heart and in your mind. I'm not saying me- you, that you have to necessarily memorize your notes, but you want to know your notes by reviewing them beforehand. Number two, have a backup and trust paper before a program. What I mean by that is, if you if a lot of people will use say uh, their iPad or they they'll use your iPad tablet or their laptop they they wrote it on their laptop so they just bring their laptop to read their notes off of there but what happens if your program just randomly shuts off what happens if your laptop actually accidentally falls off and breaks there's so many things that can happen that uh, if 
to where if something goes wrong with your program, your software program, you're screwed. That's why I always like to trust paper over a software because paper's simple. You, you just print it off or print it off or write it out in a journal and it makes it so simple for you to be able to follow. It, I, I used to do, uh, I'd write everything in a journal and I'll just open my journal, super simple. And I started writing out, uh, making simple critiques that helped me to follow through my notes. Um, to where I would use like a star or an asterisk. I, I, I would make different uh, annotations in my notes that only I would recognize and that would help me to make certain emphasis or uh, what have you. But now I sim I'll say I'll like uh, make it on the computer. It's gotten a lot more complex. My notes are usually like say four or five pages long. I'll make it on the computer and I print it out and I go as far to where I don't I, I don't try to save paper in that moment. I do everything one-sided because when I'm flipping through my notes, I don't want to use the extra mental capacity to try to keep track. Is is this the front of the a note or the back of a note? Is this page one or page two? I just want to be able to simply turn it like a page and just go to the next one and not worry about that paper anymore. It really helps me to stay on track. And so again, trust paper beforehand be, instead of a program and always have a backup. The backup for me, I trust paper first. My backup is my iPad. I never end up really using it, but if something ever happens to my paper notes, I can always bust out my iPad and do it digitally. Number three, verify your equipment and how to use it ahead of time. What I mean by that is if you're gonna be using a microphone, you, you want to ask whoever your point of contact is, is uh, if you could talk to whoever manages that equipment, ask them, uh, ask them ahead of time. Is it go on my lapel? Is it a lapel mic or is it a handheld mic? Is it corded? Is it wireless? And it helps you just have the mental space to be ready um, to where you could be knowledgeable. Like, okay, I'm not going to be able to move around the room. Like maybe if your presentation is you doing like a, <laughs> some type of physical movement that would be limited if you only have one hand or limited if there's a wire following you around. You want to kind of have those ideas ahead of time and you want to also know how to use it ahead of time. So where uh, if, if it's certain slides or like a clicker remote, you want to be able to use it and get a grasp of it ahead of time to where all of a sudden you pick it up and you're like, wait, which button goes forward or backwards? Whatever equipment you're using, get a grasp of it ahead of time and verify it. Number four is get there extra early. You do not want to tell the person you, that is waiting for you to get there, I'm stuck in traffic. It's embarrassing. Not only that, is that it will, makes you so anxious. You ever been speeding, risking your life on the road just to try to save 20 seconds of time, even though you're already late, you feel like, man, if I'm just there 20 seconds earlier, they won't be as upset with me. You don't want to deal with any of that. You want to have in mind that you are going to be there extra early. I personally don't think 15 minutes is early enough. I think at least 30 minutes, even an hour ahead of time, depending on how big of the event is, you want to be able to have plenty of time to be in the right mental space. You don't want to have any time worrying about, oh, I hope I make it there in time. And then you just jump in like you're sliding into home base and to share this, this message that you prepared for, but you're still all stressed out about getting there late. You don't want to deal with any of that. And if, when you have in mind to get there extra early, you don't have to worry about traffic. If you get stuck in traffic, it's okay because you're going to be there early anyway. And finally, choose your battles and let things go. 
I, I don't know if it's a conspiracy or what, but if I'm ever going to get into a fight with my spouse or get upset with people around me, it's going to be right before I share something meaningful, any kind of good content. And that's I, I think that's more so because you have this this almost like unrealized stress when you're about to share something. So one comment that normally might not have upset you all of a sudden gets under your skin right before you're about to share a talk or something like that. You want to have this conscious space to not let things get to you. Even if something upsets you, you're going to tell yourself, no, I'm choosing my battles. I don't need to worry about that right now. And I almost guarantee you that whatever you were about to get upset at right there in that moment, you won't care about after the talk or presentation that you have. Choose your battles and let things go. Stay focused. All that being said, let's get three takeaways to be able to apply what we talked about today in your own life. Number one, create a time standard by which you have your next assignment completed and ready to go ahead of time. Whether maybe for you it's having it at least three or four days ahead or maybe you're having it a week ahead. You want to have this standard to where, uh, in which you are prepared ahead of time. A goal that only you know about but you're, you know that you always want to be ready ahead of time by this X amount of days or weeks. Number two, do a self-evaluation of what helps you to get in the zone and start implementing it. I shared some of the things that I use. Get your own personalized list of how you get in the mood. Number three, make a checklist of big day readiness that you can use to stay on top of the game during your actual presentation. I remember the first the first time I ever did a marriage ceremony, and I, I was so I thought I was so ready to go. I prepared a personalized message and I was so excited. And then when I actually go there to do the whole ceremony, I realized that I have all these notes and papers in my Bible. And I didn't have a table to put on anything. I, I, I was supposed to have everything just <laughs> within my own hands. And I was fumbling through these papers, fumbling through the pages. I, was, I looked like a mess for, my fir- for this first time. I was so embarrassed. After that, I learned to condense everything <laughs> without a table. I have it all on a, like this one sheet note that fits snugly in my Bible. And it's so different because now I've made this big day readiness, this checklist. Make it personal to you and, and think ahead. All that to say, I hope that today's episode was meaningful and edifying for your leadership. Could you do me a favor? Could you leave a rating and review for this podcast? It really helped me out and helped others to be able to see this show in their feed. Until next time, have a good life.